Thursday morning broadcast on this 28th of October, 22nd of Mar Cheshvan. Tomorrow night is Shabbat Chayi Sarah. We'll be here in the United States of America. Will there be people in Hebron? I have to assume there will be. Don't know exactly the number and how they're working things, but uh, certainly there'll be more there this year than last year that I can guarantee. 51 degrees, sunshine, a high temperature of 60. Rishalim at 78. We're at 51 in New York City. So we say good morning at JM and the AM. Speaking of Jerusalem, Josh Sussman is with us live via telephone. Josh Sussman is uh, Director of Programming at Nefesh Benefesh. You know how uh, how dear an organization Nefesh Benefesh is to us here at JM and the AM. To me, it seems like we've uh, we've been um, partners to a degree. Don't worry, I'm not taking more than uh, a very, 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 very tiny percentage of credit of the work that's been done with Nefesh Benefesh, but we have proudly been speaking about their incredible and wonderful organization for a long, long time. And I know that our listeners have taken advantage of their services and have uh, moved to Israel. Many of them, believe it or not, during COVID as well. Josh Sussman, a pleasure to welcome you to JM in the AM. Always a pleasure, Nelson. And I will say that that uh, I can't speak to the exact number of people that would be at cover on this 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 Shabbat, but my son will be one of them. So nice. it's definitely more than it was last year. Yeah, Fema Ode. Thank you. <laughs> Tell them to have all of us in mind. Uh, well, uh, obviously, the Chevron conversation is uh, is one that uh, focuses on this uh, reopening post COVID, call it whatever you want. Uh, we're curious about what's happening at Nefesh Benefesh after I assume, as I think back to the uh, last 18 months, I assume the majority, if not all, of their programming has been uh, via Zoom, digitally, online, use whatever term you want. And Josh, frankly, we're curious as to what the goal is. If the goal is to get back to a model that we were used to pre-COVID, or if a lot of what we've seen over the last 18 months is going to be incorporated into your system. Let's start with that. The things you've already innovated, the things that you've introduced over the last 18 months to the world about uh, uh, being in touch with Nefesh Benefesh and learning more and more about the possible Aliyah experience. Will all of that be kept intact during this post-COVID era? So, sure, you're aware that, that one of the first things we had to cancel, the first thing we had to cancel was our annual mega event right. in March 2020, which right. uh, unfortunately meant, meant that we missed you. Right. Um, <laughs> and from that day on, March 15, 2020, we quickly pivoted to make everything virtual. Um, the bright side of that, um, as much as we miss traveling and seeing people in person, is that we've been able to reach a far greater audience than we would have than we were ever, ever able to do in person. Um, and we have been able to engage with tens of thousands of people from across all of North America, um, many of whom would never have had the opportunity to, to meet with us in person. Um, our Not only has the technolo- technology improved, um, but people's ability and interest in engaging in that kind of technology has advanced significantly um, and willingness to engage in a virtual way instead of coming to sit in a conference room in Skokie or Teaneck or Los Angeles or Toronto. Um, and so the egalitarian component of it is a very nice, positive byproduct of what we've learned over the last uh, 18 months or so, um, which led, has led us to at least, at least to some degree uh, commit to, to that level of service moving forward and in, ensuring that our virtual programming is continued. Um, that, that's true both in North America, but also here in Israel. And, um, you know, many, many people moved to Jerusalem and Beit Shemesh and Modi'in and Gush Etzion, 
um, places that are centrally located. Um, but there's also people that live in the Golan and in in, in Naharia in the in in the Negev, um, and those people don't have the same access. They're not down the street from our offices in in Jerusalem and Tel Aviv. Um, and we feel like there's information that we're going to be giving to them also virtually. Um, you know, it's, the, the big numbers have come from from people abroad, uh, pre-Aliyah, but uh, we also are striving to serve people here who have already made Aliyah um, in a virtual manner as well. You know, uh, that being said, yeah. we also are interested in starting to meet people in person. Um, and with our new office opening in Jerusalem shortly, um, that will be a center of Aliyah. Um, in Jerusalem, our offices in Tel Aviv are also getting back up and running. Um, and we actually, just a couple weeks ago, in, in partnership with, with uh, Kakal, uh, did a series of meet and greets uh, for only in the last few years uh, throughout the North and South. Wow. And um, that was kind of our first, our first effort into really meeting people. It went really well. It was nice to, for the staff to be out and engaging with people. Um, the Olim enjoyed both engaging with staff and meeting other Olim who they haven't had the opportunity to, to network over the last year and a half as they've arrived in Israel. Um, and we've started Shabbat dinners also um, at, our, at our Tel Aviv hub um, for, for the audience in Tel Aviv, which has been really nice and very well received. Josh Sussman's with us, Director of uh, Programming at, um, at Nefesh Benefesh. It's funny because, uh, first of all, I'm thrilled to hear this. I was not aware of the fact uh, that's some of the in-person programming and and some serious programming. I mean, we talk we talk about Shabbat dinners. You talk about you know real get-togethers. You're talking about you know people actually interacting face to face and and yeah, and, me, and meeting your staff and meeting fellow Olim and and all the benefits thereof, um, which uh, they were enjoying pre-COVID. So it does sound like the Israel component. I mean, you guys understand the importance of bringing back the in-person programming, and uh, hopefully that will continue. Um, plus I think, uh, based on what you said, we can surmise that in any situation, both with North American Jews and those who are already in Israel, in any situation where it benefits to keep a, a digital or zoom platform open, uh, and active, you're going to do that, which begs, of course, the third part. <laughs> and to me, you know, one of the key questions, uh, and this is not putting pressure and this is not, uh, <laughs> and this is not expressing a, a desire to necessarily, be part of the action. I think objectively people around this country in the United States would like to know, should they get used to this model being in touch with people the way you described it over the last 18 months, or will Toronto and Atlanta and Chicago and Indianapolis and Denver and New York and Teaneck, <laughs> will they get some type of in-person programming in the near future? I'm going to be very cautious in my answer to that question. Um, in the near future, the answer is not. Um, we're, we also don't want to step into the, into the uncertain. We're very comfortable here in Israel. Right. Um, we know what to expect. Um, the rules are clear. People understand them. Um, um, but we also have to take into account the, the safety and comfort level of our staff traveling. Um, wow. um, you know, right now, there's no concern about having to come back and go into quarantine, but that's very recent, very recent thing, and right. it could come back at any point in time. Um, it's 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 one thing to ask our staff to travel abroad, um, you know, take time away from their families um, and from their core daily work to, to travel around the country, uh, North America. Um, but it's another if they have to come back and then get stuck in their bedroom for another week. Um, so uh, that's something we have to take into account. 
Um, and as, as I said, um, our, our resources right now are really focused on on virtual programming because we right. feel that, that it, it, it creates a equity um, among people no matter where they may live. I, I, the example I've been using for the last number of months is that um, I noticed somebody on our webinar that was consistently coming. She came to six or seven or eight webinars, but in a, clearly a very systematic way. It turns out she's from Montana. Um, and obviously, amongst that list of, of cities that you just named, um, Butte, Montana wasn't one of them. <laughs> um, and and uh, But she came into our system, um, at the, I think just before, before COVID came, um, and very systematically took advantage of, of our virtual programming and made LA last summer. Um, that, that wasn't going to be an opportunity for her <laughs> if, if that had been three or four or five years earlier. Um, and we want to make sure that we're still able to meet, meet those people's needs. Um, there's definitely a world in the future um, where we will look forward to doing some of our core programming abroad. Um, I think we'd like to see our medical seminar, the MedEx that we've done in the past for, for medical professionals that allows them to ease the licensing procedures by bringing in people from the, the health ministry to, to America to certify their documents and meet with them, and et cetera, which saves them a lot of time and money. Um, not not having to translate their their medical licenses and their their all the things that come with that. Yeah, but, um, yeah, I acknowledge but, that, there's, so that there's a world where that's going to happen. Right, there's probably a world where we might do some big events. Um, I'm not sure that we're going to be getting back to you know six stops in in eight days in right. in you know six different cities. I don't know. It's it's I think it's a little early to say. Um, and again, we've been buoyed by our our success. And our ability to reach out to so many people. Um, yeah, I mean, I, this yeah. is this is like I said. This is a. Uh, I mean, practically speaking, everyone totally gets it and certainly understands uh, what you're describing. Um, I, I have had, and this is not your problem. This is this is a problem. <laughs> this is a problem on this side of the world, uh, and really a problem anywhere outside of Israel. And that is that the disconnect that has been created, the disconnect that unfortunately mm-hmm. is a a byproduct of the last year and a half um, is quite sad. And, and, and certainly even if people, and, and this goes for all denominations, no matter how people, how many, how much people were involved in the community, not involved with Israel, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I think the disconnect is one of the terrible byproducts of this pandemic um, between diaspora Jews and Israel. And I always looked at the events and the excitement when your staff and your colleagues would come into the United States and do what uh, you just described, go to different cities, meet up with people, etc., I, I always felt it was a shlichut, that one of the added benefits of those events. Because remember, at those events, you have a lot of people who never continued the Aliyah process, but because you guys were in, ta- because you guys were in town, they wanted to, you know, they wanted to hear what's going on in Israel, how are things, and you know, and maybe they'll think about it in the future. But those are not the people that are going to be, you know, logging on to the online seminars and, and those who are really serious at the moment of moving to Israel. So, I, so that disconnect is unfortunately a bad byproduct of the pandemic. And I'm just hoping, again, not your problem, but I'm, I'm just hoping that the in-person events, and you, and you just said, you admitted that hopefully the larger ones will come back, but the in-person events return just for that alone. I mean, there's obviously a million, mm-hmm. a million other benefits but just for that alone. Josh Sussman's with us uh, live via telephone from Israel, directs programming at Nefesh Benefesh. All right, there are a couple of things on the list here that I want to go through uh, because it, it, practically speaking, for the people that want to go to nbn.org.il, nbn.org.il, or call the number at 877-4-ALIYAH, 877, the number 4, and then A-L-I, 
YAH. Some important stuff they need to know, including the online seminars and the brand new online calendar. What could you tell us about those two things when people head to your website and access them? So uh, the, the one, one of the other really nice byproducts of a virtual world is it allows us to expand the subjects and the, the, the topics we're able to cover. Because um, even if there's a thousand people at a mega event in, in, in the New York area, um, we're still limited. Every decision that we make from a program perspective is kind right. of a zero-sum game. If we have right. six rooms for six hours, right. is this room going to be filled for this topic, or are there going to be 30 people there for that topic? It doesn't mean that the smaller topic is less important. For those people, it could be critical to the success of their LEI. Um, you know, uh, we've, off- we've been able to offer virtually things like um, your child's allergies in Aliyah, right. um, or bringing your special needs adult ch- children on Aliyah. Right. Um, that's not something that affects everybody, and it would never, we'd never be able to do that on a Sunday afternoon in Teaneck because three people would show up. Um, but when we're able to offer that to the whole country, and we have 50 or 60 or 70 people, that information for them is vitally important for yep. their ability to consider Aliyah. Um, um, and so that's a wonderful thing that we're able to expand on the depth and the breadth of, of what we're able to offer. Um, and the other thing that's been a really wonderful addition is that with everything being virtual, we've been able to build a really strong archive that we're continuously updating and adding new information to. Um, our, YouTube, our YouTube channel is getting more and more traction. Um, we see things just organically growing as we, as we post a new, a new event on the, a new recording on the the YouTube channel. Um, again, you can go to YouTube and just Google Nefesh for Nefesh and subscribe to the channel. And every time we put new new content up, we'll, people will be informed. Um, and we have thousands of people that are that are accessing information that way. Um, is there is, a, a, is there a list? An amazing thing to see. You just mentioned. I mean, I, I'm assuming it's uh, it's organized. I can go there myself and see it. But people need to know that the the, the examples you just gave. <coughs> I would assume that's part of a very large list of specialty webinars that you guys are offering. Yes. Um, so we have it broken up into pre-Aliyah, post-Aliyah. There's some different Hebrew enrichment um, things we have in there, um, along with uh, community. So there's different playlists. Right. Um, a little a little hint to the, <laughs> to the uh, listeners is that um, there's two different search functions. If you're on, if you're on a page, um, in our case, an Epish and Epish page, if you search within that page, you can just put in, um, for example, Type in Canada, and you'll get the whole everything that that was about Canadian taxes or mm. that type of thing. Or you can go in and write Beersheba and see if we had an, a session on Beersheba. Whatever your keyword is, it'll work, um, and just give give you the three or four or five different uh, sessions that we did on that topic alone. Um, so that's been a very effective tool, and we're, we're, we watch organically. You know, as we do sessions, we do send out um, follow up emails with the recording and the the resources that were mentioned in the session, but without even doing that, we see just organically uh, the numbers grow for each thing. You know, we're talking about Aliyah in the Jewish community. Um, you know, our viral is not the viral of uh, Beyonce or something. Um, <laughs> you know, if, if we get a couple hundred people watching a video, that's a significant number of people. Yeah, you kidding? Um, that's, yeah, that's um, but some of them are going up to a thousand or twelve hundred. You know, that's a lot of people right. wanting to learn about Zichron Yaakov. That's one of for reasons beyond my understanding. You know, it's a great place to live, but twelve hundred people have watched that video, yeah. um, which is just phenomenal. You know, we obviously can't get everybody to come visit Zichron Yaakov. Hopefully, the, you know, over the next week or two, the country's more accessible to more people who are vaccinated. Um, 
but uh, our community programming has been a wonderful way for people to learn more about communities when they're not able to come and visit and do pilot trips. Yeah, people need to um, know. It's, 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 it's <clears throat> divided up in so many things, family situations, age groups, geographies you just described. What about the online calendar? What can people, uh, uh, um, uh, what can people gain uh, from logging on to that? So the online calendar is constantly up to date and adding all of our, um, all of our upcoming sessions. Um, it's very easy to register. Uh, it, it's also now completely integrated into our database system, so um, we're able to very easily track um, who, who's registering, if they've come, what types of things they're interested in, um, and it's completely integrated, and it makes for easy follow-up for us. Um, it means that somebody's case manager, Aliya advisor, would automatically know which sessions they came to so they know what, what they're interested in and can help assist them to further further their, their knowledge on that topic, if that's something that concerned them, you, you know, they might be very concerned about taxes, um, you know, and the implications of, tax, of, of, of making the LEI on your American tax, taxes, um, whatever it may be. Um, but that integration is something we haven't had in the past, and that's uh, we're looking forward to being able to, to tweak our programming based on what we're seeing um, in that data. Right, um, which is a, a big, a big. Uh, it's an advantage for us, but I think ultimately that becomes a very big advantage for for Oline, who are able to get a program that's even more fine tuned to their needs. You will continue to educate people about Aliyah, and you'll continue to help them prepare for Aliyah. I mean, that system, I assume, is close to what has always been. Once uh, a family makes a commitment to go, I assume that they they always were in touch with your office directly and different people who are helping them. Uh, with specific things uh, having to do with their flight and having to do with their uh, upcoming uh, move. Uh, and obviously, I mean, there's no, you know, it, co- COVID didn't cause that to stop. If anything, you know, with email and with uh, with phones, it was really easy or relatively easy uh, to keep that going and get the advice from Israel that people need in order to uh, make their Aliyah as smooth as possible. Yeah, thank God our, our, our Aliyah advising team is growing. Um and you know, available to people as, as they need. Um, and we want people to begin, begin the, the actual application process. They're assigned a, a Aliyah advisor who becomes their person that's going to lead them um, through their path, um, yeah. dealing with their technical questions and their processing and their documentation and all the things that you need to make Aliyah. Um, I'd like to do a little pitch here, sure. if, if I may. Yeah. Um, that, that one thing that we're really working to try to educate people on is that it's very easy to get caught up in the technicalities of Aliyah. Um, you know, you know, background checks and birth certificates and APA seals and all these things. Right. Um, but it's also really important to always focus on what your actual Aliyah plan is for arrival, because once you arrive, all that stuff is done. You know, you get your approved for Aliyah and you come. Um, but uh, it's very easy to get caught up, and especially over the last 18 months when the rules were changing and. There was quarantine, and then there wasn't quarantine. You had to have this test, and you got changed to that test. Um, you know, the, the country was doing their best to keep everyone safe. Right. Um, but it was very frustrating that everyone recognizes, especially for Olin, um, who were really just trying to dot all their, their I's and cross all their T's, and sometimes the I turned into a J in the middle of it, and they had to figure out what to do. Um, um, but, you know, we're trying to, to encourage people to also understand that there's a there's a planning process, not just a, a process of of all these technicalities. Um, 
and the planning and, process helps and, and, helps exactly. minimize the technicalities, hopefully. <laughs> no, for sure not. My wife always says, we, we met Aliyah 17 years ago. My wife always says the six months before Aliyah um, were far harder than the six, the first six months of Aliyah. Um, wow. you're going into the unknown. But once you arrive, you realize that you can adapt to the unknown. Um, but the technicalities and the applications and the thinking about shipping and packing and yeah. saying goodbye to friends and family is far harder yeah. than the actual arrival. Yeah, the, ab- um, the, the abstract. I've kept that in mind for all these years, and it really is true. Yeah, the, um, the abs- and then the excitement and the adrenaline takes on when you when you arrive and, and you get settled and you, you get to live in Israel, and that's really what it's all about. Yeah, the abstract um, is know, more... As much as, as, much as our are frustrating, they, they go in your rearview mirror very quickly. <laughs> The abstract is more uh, is more frightening than the uh, than the practical usually. And boy, what you just said is so important for people to keep in mind. That pre aliyah time is very very stressful, and they have to know it's very 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 normal. Uh, finally, Josh Sussman, um, you know what do we need to know? I'm not I'm not asking for hard numbers. Just from your vantage point, are are we getting the feeling that even now in October of 2021, these these unbelievable numbers of people expressing an interest in Aliyah and actually moving to Israel during COVID is staying steady? So we're looking at a, a very nice uh, final total this year. That's, that's a significant increase. Um, we're going to just ignore last year, although last year, was, I think, hit right. about 91 right. or 2% of the year before. Right. Um, so pretty, pretty, pretty strong at the end of the day, given all the hurdles. Uh-huh. Um, but this year, we're looking at about a 30% increase um, by the end of the year over oh. 2019. Um, which is great, um, considering that there's still a lot of hurdles, yep. um, and there's still a pandemic, and <laughs> that's not easy. Um, so we're looking to to continue on that that positive that positive path. Um, I believe personally, um, I've, I've been an FSH Nefesh for 13 years. That you know, with every person that makes Aliyah, that's another circle of, of friends and family around that might not yep. have been there in the past, but might follow them. Oh, um, yes. That's how it works. <laughs> so, you know, I don't know what that critical tipping point is, but uh, it's definitely a thing you get that people make Aliyah, and then all of a sudden their their, their sister, their brother-in-law, their, their across-the-street neighbor says, wait, if, if those people can make Aliyah, I've never heard them talk about it, but look, they, look how happy they are. Yeah. This is something we should consider, too. Um, and that's definitely, you know, with every with every... If every soul that comes, um, you never know who that's hitting, yeah. um, who who you know left behind, but might want to join up. Another so, another reason um, why hopefully we continue the positive momentum and uh, have a really solid 2022 with everybody safe and healthy and vaccinated and and able to come and and, and visit. And as you said, you know it's been frustrating for 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 uh, Jews uh, in North America and the world who weren't able to to come to Israel and felt a little disconnected. Um, completely understandably, but hopefully over the next few weeks as things open up and, and the policies change, we're able to start welcoming people uh, here both just for, for, for families from a hope and fun, um, but also to do pilot trips and start exploring what their opportunities are, are here in Israel. Our, as I said, our brand-new offices are opening right in the middle of town, and we look forward to being able to welcome people and educate them uh, in a wonderful brand-new building um, um, that's easily accessible and uh, ready to to welcome people here to start to continue their planning. Pretty amazing. I had the opportunity to visit in July and uh, saw the uh, the um, the process going on there, and uh, it really will be remarkable right there in the center of Jerusalem. And on the other point, 
It's why we need the NBN ambassadors visiting the United States because uh, we need to increase the interest in Aliyah and make people realize that it's uh, for so many people in this country. It's the uh, it's a it's an important move, a good move, and a doable move. And thank God for Nefesh Benefesh all these years for uh, undertaking that task or all those tasks and doing it so well. Josh Sussman, head of programming. I'm assuming the best thing is to tell people to go uh, any uh, any answers to any questions they're looking for. Based on this conversation, they'll find it at nbn.org.il, nbn.org.il, or by calling 866-4-ALIYAH, 866-4, and then A-L-I-Y-A-H. Josh, a pleasure. Looking forward to Indeed. seeing you in Jerusalem. Pleasure as always. I look forward to seeing you next. Bezrat Hashem. Thank you so much. Josh Sussman directs programming at Nefesh Benefesh. Log on, everybody. Don't forget. Don't forget. Even though there has been a disconnect, unfortunately, between us and our brothers and sisters in Israel, and the Holy Land in general, I should say. Um, let's rekindle, reignite the uh, interest in Aliyah and uh, spread that word as much as we can. We know the benefits of living in Israel, and we know that the future of the Jewish people is in the state of Israel. And this is America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program. Heard on listeners' sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at AlchemySingle.com and the AlchemySingle Network, and of course, on the beloved NSNF.